My name is Adam Eberhardt, and you are listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. This is Matthew Brock, Associate Editor for ANC. And I'm Dana Alston, Senior Arts and Culture Writer for the Daily Emerald. And today, we're going to be talking about music in video games. Probably one of the most underrated aspects of them, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I... You're, you, you're, <laughs> so let, let's start off this conversation this way. Why do you think it's underrated? Because uh, as someone who my musical tastes are very uh, specific, if that makes sense, um, you're, you're more much more into music than I am. But people ask me like, oh, what kind of music do you like? Um, the Overwatch soundtrack is pretty good. And they're like, oh, so you, you I, feel as though it's not appreciated. Yeah. And it's it's like always there, but it's in the background. And I feel like sometimes you really have to stop and kind of take in wow, this boss fight music is really freaking epic. So yeah, like just to sort of go in and talk about our favorites and this connects to what you just said. I remember playing The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess when it first came out and there's a scene, I mean, or a sequence rather, a series of different things you need to do that lasts about 40 minutes to an hour and there's a beautiful piece of music that plays underneath it called Midna's Lament. Mm, Yeah. And that piece of music only appears during that 40 minutes to an hour. And so partway through, I paused um, the game and the music was playing underneath, slightly muted, and I would turn the volume all the way up and I would just <laughs> sit there and listen to it because it was on an endless loop. And I sat there and listened to it for 20 minutes. So certainly um, like that beautiful piano melody that's endlessly like ascending and then descending and and it's unlike most of the music I, I've hear, heard in other video games, mostly because, you know, it, it captures the mood so perfectly during that specific scene in the game. It's very somber. Um, it's almost desperate, the kind of tone that's yeah. being invoked. Um, and, it, and, and it's kind of like I was saying, there's so many specific songs that are like for specific sections of games, you know? Yeah. Um, that are like... You hear it once, and then you're past that part of the game, so you might never hear it again. A great example of that is um, Undertale, which basically every like minute part of the game has its own theme. I think like the soundtrack is like over a hundred like yeah. unique tracks, which is pretty amazing. That is, per- I mean, especially since it was developed mainly by one person. Yeah, um, who was unused to video game del- del- oh, yeah. before that, so. I'm not I, I'm not totally up on my Undertale research. I'm not sure if he like commissioned another composer to put those. As, as far together. as far as I know, he did them all by himself. And like the range is really good. There's like really climactic boss battle stuff. Like um, one of like the final bosses, uh, his name is Sans, and he has like this. It corresponds to the length of the fight, mm-hmm. really, and it's it's called Megalovia. It's it's great. Um, but his fight takes a really long time and it's kind of specifically set up to take just as like if you're really like trying to beat the fight as fast as possible to go about that long Mm. and it's a pretty intense fight probably one of the hardest i've ever seen but But, you had to but you had to like sit back and reflect on the music that was being played anyway yeah and then at the same time every time you died there was suddenly this very like 
wah, wah, wah. Like, it's a very cheery song afterwards. Of just like, oh, you got dunked on. As composed of this very, like, serious, almost kind of, like, hardcore metal type song. Sure. Um, and Undertale, it's worth mentioning because, you know, music has, in video games, has evolved immensely as yeah. the form has evolved. Undertale is one of those games that's sort of an homage to the 8-bit yeah. 80s video games like Mario or, like, Earthbound or something like that where, you know, the characters are all pixelated. Yeah, and the, um, and the music really matches because... Back then, they had a very limited technology, so there's the whole 8-bit music genre. And I think kind of the best thing about modern games is they they take 8-bit, but they kind of, like, work with what the people back then were working with. How so? Like... In terms of, like, melodies and stuff like that? Yeah, for the most... Like, I think it's really interesting that there are people are purposefully limiting the music they create to be a homage to like old 8-bit games like purposely working with those limitations to yeah. kind of recapture that nostalgia well yeah and in, in many ways i don't think it's even a limitation i mean you use yeah. the word limitation i mean you can make an homage to something without necessarily even being limited you can take it in so many different directions yeah i mean i guess by definition you're a little limited but i mean some of the work that's been done on most the most recent zelda games like breath of the wild for instance yeah is very like in this tradition of that whole legend of zelda series very sweeping and orchestral um it's a a little like haunting even sometimes because it's really like the world is so barren and a lot of times i feel like the music really matches up to that yeah and they do that i mean most zelda games have these very driving thumping themes uh like guerdo valley comes to mind from time but breath of the wild takes the conventions the musical conventions of that of that series and instead of continuing on that large sweeping orchestral path um minimalizes the sound so like it's mostly based on piano now there's a lot of empty space which reflects the massive open world that you're left to explore um and it's it's I think music is one of the many ways that allows many methods that allows developers to connect with the player and reflect the the sort of vision they're trying to create. Yeah, and I think you really have to consider like the environment of where this song is going to like appear in the game. I'll never forget probably like the most impactful bit of music in a game ever for me is when I first played World of Warcraft and I'm just a poor little noob, like level five wandering around, I'm like, oh, there's a big city up north. You can head there and check it out. When you first walk into the city, like you go, you're going across this bridge and the music shifts from like this kind of like foresty music that's like, there's like birds chirping and it's very like peaceful to this just huge like choir. It's super loud, and you just walk into the city, and it's so like impactful. I, I, it's such a bummer. They've in that game, at least, they've kind of changed how it works. Really, you don't really have to walk up to this anymore. There's like a a bird you can take, which I think really ruined part of like the atmosphere of the game because you don't get that holy just 
yeah it's not as impactful when you walk into the city for the, the first the time music helps the scene envelop you basically yeah. yeah i mean that's the argument that most people make for the use of music in art like yeah. f- like film and video games which are two forms that are like forever linked simply because they're very visual yeah um yeah i agree with you and, and like in terms of music that puts you in a specific mood i've been recently been replaying skyrim mm. um which I mean is already a classic in its own right, but I think one of the parts of it that doesn't get a ton of um, attention or didn't get a ton of attention at the time was how immersive that music really is. Yes, and there, there how are, often it changes too. How often it changes, but also there's this very familiar theme as you're simply wandering through this big wilderness, this Nordic wilderness with a lot of snow and mountainous regions. There's a very familiar theme. I think it's called Far Away Places or something yeah. like that. And it's composed by this composer named Jeremy Soule, who reportedly took, I mean, I think around five years just to come yeah. up with all of the music for the game. And it's very grand, but at the same time, bittersweet almost. Um, I mean, a lot of strings. There's a French horn with that plays a very recognizable melody. And that theme carried me through the hundreds of hours <laughs> yeah. I ended up spending thousands for skyrim thousands of hours easy yeah so and i, th- I think in, in regards to skyrim i think one of the most interesting things is you can be walking around and having that you know more of somber you know exploratory theme and then suddenly it starts to fade in the dovahkiin song yeah and that's when you know oh damn there's a dragon coming right and it totally as soon as you hear that music, you go on alert because you're like, all right, where is he? Is he going to fly in from this direction or this direction? And I think that's really a a subtle kind of key to kind of transfer the player into kind of a new mood. Yeah, a new mood of like, you're not just exploring anymore. You're fighting a freaking dragon. Yeah, I mean, audio cues, basically. The strength of audio cues, the strength of music in general is that it can take people place i mean use an example can you possibly imagine star wars or indiana jones without music without the themes that we are so instantly recognizable it's just at this point it's really just half the movie right like you you identify so much like i can't i hear duel of the fates all the time either on pandora or whatever and i can't not think of that like crazy lightsaber battle from the first prequel movie right and I mean, I think part of the reason that uh, music is so recognizable in film is because they have these very co- composers that are now very famous that have done work in film for so very long. I mean, John Williams is broke 80 a couple of years ago in terms like, mm, yeah. like he's over 80 years old and he's still writing music, has been writing music for over 40 years in film and... I don't think video games have a similar composer. I don't think there I don't think video games have a composer that's been working for that long and it has instilled so many easily recognizable melodies. Yeah. At least I, I mean in terms of pure volume, there aren't a lot of people that can compare to film. Yeah, I I can't remember his name offhand and I think that's part of it, but I think the person kind of in charge of the Legend of Zelda themes has been doing it for the longest time. Uh, Koji Kondo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's oddly less, they get a lot less credit, I think, than like film uh, 
conductors and you know the one the composers yeah composers and all that and i think again it's part of that more it plays a more subtle role because you're more i think you're i'd say you're more immersed so you may not notice the change as much as much as opposed to like an observer in a movie but sure so uh, i guess kind of uh, moving to wrap things up what are your what are some of your favorite songs in video games um so yeah i was thinking about this before we started the podcast um Definitely one of my favorite memories. I mentioned mentioned The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Midna's Lament. That's beautiful. Um, One of my favorites, just to continue on that whole Wii strain, is from Super Mario Galaxy. Mm, That first... Great soundtrack. Right, yeah. The the first area that you encounter in the the game is called the Good Egg Galaxy and has this theme that's very Mm. Disney-esque. Has a... very like fun melody it sounds like something that you'd hear on a ride in disneyland basically and yeah. I, I love how youthful it sounds almost and how adventurous it is um what about you some of your favorites man um i can't remember the name of it but the theme going into Stormwind. um the starcraft 2 soundtrack is great because it's kind of like a I don't even know how to start describing it. It's kind of like a rock kind of space opera kind of theme. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Starcraft. And uh, it's hard to remember things specific. I mean, I I know a lot of stuff from Undertale. Like, basically, all the boss themes are pretty good. Um, Yeah. Megalovia. um, Yeah, all those. Uh, I can recommend some games with great soundtracks, although I can't say offhand specific songs. Uh, Trans... Transistor yeah. and uh, what's it called? Bastion? Yeah. Though, by the, they're by the same company. They have great soundtrack. Bastion in particular has a, it's accompanied by like very powerful voice acting, but mm. both those have like fantastic soundtracks I'd highly recommend. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I hope, I mean, I, I we spoke on this earlier, but I hope as, as video game music continues to evolve and gets more orchestrated you have all this live instrumentation composers are eventually paid millions of dollars etc i hope that composers gain the note the notoriety that they yeah, deserve definitely um not yeah. not just not just for them so that when i say like oh i'm listening to this song from this video game and i don't get someone who's just cocking their head like is that right. so <laughs> i i would love i would love as video games continue to get more popular i would love their to be a recognition of the people that helped make them uh, make good games as good as they are. So uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Yeah, great discussion on the different intricacies of music and video games. Absolutely. I'm Dana Alston. And I'm Matthew Rock. If you like what you heard, you can hear more on SoundCloud, subscribe to us on iTunes, or visit the podcast homepage at dailyemerald.com. Thanks, Thanks for listening. For listening. <laughs>